When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Anybody who wants to go tell Draymond Green that Game 3 had actually started, that would be awesome because he didn't seem to know it. I think he was actually busy taping yet another episode of the podcast during the game last night because he was just as effective as if he was doing that. It is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Also on your smart speaker and on SiriusXM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. We have been talking to you about this a lot today. Was Draymond Green the reason that the Golden State Warriors lost Game 3? Or is he being scapegoated? 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. That is the question that we have put to you today. But there is one thing we have not touched upon it nearly enough that we need to, and that is who to actually credit last night for the Boston Celtics. And if you were picking an MVP through three games so far, you would be foolish not to pick Jalen Brown because Jalen Brown deserves an awful lot of credit, deserves an awful lot of love for what he is doing in this series. Let's let's say what what has been. Jason Tatum's been, you know, not great in the first couple of games, better yesterday. Jalen Brown has been fantastic. No doubt about it. And the two are right there in terms of average points per game in this series. Jalen Brown is at 22.7 points per game, and Jason Tatum is right at 22. So it seems like from a scoring standpoint, they've both been right there. But in terms of being able to quantify their impact, you got to be able to go beyond the numbers, man. Like Jalen Brown is a tone setter, not only on the offensive end, but what he does defensively, the attitude that he approaches it with. And so to me, that is – I guess the barometer for what we can expect from the Boston Celtics from game to game, the attitude that Jalen Brown approaches the game with, and you can see it early on. And last night in the first quarter, the guy dropped 17, including the first bucket, which was from deep. You saw the assist that he had to Al Horford for another three-point make, and then him being that kid in the corner knocking down a three-pointer. Jalen Brown was all over the court in the first few possessions for the Boston Celtics. And to me, him going one-on-one against Draymond. Yeah, waving and, off the and, screen. And, and cooking Draymond the way that he did, not just once, but several times early on in that first quarter. Like, that, that to me sent a message loud and clear to the Golden State Warriors about what kind of game it was going to be now that the series has shifted back to TD Garden. It's really just so difficult to think about the idea that he and Jason Tatum could not play together. And you Crazy, see what, right? Yeah, and you see now – what they are capable of doing together and how they have really come together as one of the most dynamic one-two punches in the league. And Brown, I just, I marvel over what he has been able to accomplish when Tatum has gotten so much of the attention this year, and understandably so. But when you think about what they have done, they now are second right now in most combined points by teammates in a single postseason. 
And at first, it's uh, at number one, it's Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook with 1,070. Tatum and Brown are second. They're going to pass. They're going to be number one. Yeah, yeah. they're going to pass these guys. They're at 1,033. Yeah. They're going to pass that easily. I mean, that's insane to think that these guys, they might not even be in their prime yet, Carlin. They might not even be in their prime. Tatum is 24. Brown is 25. They might not even be in their prime. Mm. So think about the runway that Ime Adoka is going to have with being able to continue to retool this team around these two guys as the cornerstones. Like this is this could be the beginning of the Boston Celtics being able to go on a dynastic run. Now they are going to have to contend with the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is still the best player in the world. Uh, okay, but, let's not get nuts on no, this. No, no. But here's what I'm saying. <laughs> Think about this: the Boston Celtics having two superstar, well, one superstar and one star player in Jalen Brown, a guy that's right on the fringe of being an All NBA performer. Like I'm just saying. They're not in their prime yet. These guys are going to continue to get better. They are ascending players, Carlin. They're not as good as they're going to be. But think about the experience that they already have. They've already been to three conference finals, and now they're in the NBA finals, and they're up 2-1 against a team that's been to the NBA finals six of the last eight seasons. Yeah, look, I, 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 they haven't won the series yet, so I'm not going to get into the they dynasty haven't won, talk. They haven't won but, the series yet, but, if, but Carlin, it's just spinning this thing forward. If they do... That, that's what we could be looking at for the Boston Celtics. That's how good Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have been since, the ser- since their season has turned around in January. And then on the flip side, there's Draymond, who, for all the talk leading up to this, was just absolutely awful. And when I say all the talk, I mean his words. Because when you have the statements that he made after Game 2, and then you double down on them on your podcast, and then you freely admit after Game 3 that you were worried about how the game was going to be officiated and you fouled out of the game, I don't know how you can possibly uh, really make those two sentiments work together because you said all that stuff, the game was officiated differently as we all knew it would be in one way or another, and yet here you are afterward saying that you were worried about it, then why did you even talk about it in the first place? Well, Carlin, that just lets me know that he didn't believe what he said post-game after game two, where he said he's earned the right to have preferential treatment from the referees. Which was an absurd thought to begin with. It is. It absolutely is. And to verbalize it makes it even more ridiculous. But the fact that he said that, and then he was worried about how the officials would ref the game, and him in particular, and he fouls out in the next game, that just shows you that he, he didn't believe it when he said it. And the reality was he was so concerned about it going into game three, it affected how he played and his overall impact on his team having the opportunity to have success. So the question has come up quite a bit. Now, is the podcast an actual distraction? Now, he was kind of asked about it last night by Jake Fisher from, the, from Bleacher Report who asked him, well, I'll just play it for you and you'll hear it. Are you conscious at all of what you're saying about the X's and O's, the game plans, the adjustments could be making their way back to Boston staffers and influencing their decision-making at all? No. I don't say much different on the podcast than I say to you right here. So, nah. What's the X's and O's that I said on the podcast? Only real thing I, I noticed that like really stood out, you talked about how to cover White, Smart, and Horford differently between games one and two. That was really only... Oh, yeah, that was just contesting shots. That. If that's X's and O's, then I don't – you're reaching for something. It's all good, though. Keep going. 
<laughs> Richard Heavy. The only thing, do you find that they are taking X's and O's away from your, your podcast? Uh, well, the only thing you've said is um, White, Smart, and Horford. I'm not trying to blow it up. I nah, I mean, you, you went for it, but yeah. hey, respect. Appreciate the podcast uh, promo you just gave me. Yeah. Though. The Draymond Green Show. You Next time, just mention it that way. Well, he actually plugged it better than Draymond did at the beginning when he said, I don't say much different on the podcast than I do to you. Yeah. So then why am I going to subscribe to it? Yeah. <laughs> but Draymond, like, he really should have been asked more about the officiating part of it because that did play a major role. There wasn't X's and O's that was a concern. It was the officiating that Draymond went after. And as a result, Scott Foster, last night, is officiating the game, and Draymond fouls out of the game. Not a coincidence. Not a coincidence. Also, six more personal fouls for the Golden State Warriors than the Celtics, and the Celtics were able to get to the line nine more times. You're hurting your team. You're not helping them. You're you're hurting them. And, and, And here's the other thing that we're not talking about, Draymond Green on the defensive end. He said it himself. He was soft. I mean, and just because he said it doesn't mean I'm not going to repeat it because that was the reality of the situation. Now, he can blame it on being timid because of how he thought the refs would pay extra attention to him. But here's the thing, Carlin. If Draymond Green can't go out there and be a physical presence on the defensive end for Golden State, then who's that guy going to be for Golden State? Yeah. They don't have it. No. They don't have, it's not going to be Jordan Poole. It's not going to be Klay Thompson. It's not going to be Steph Curry. Those guys can't stay in front of anybody. Yeah, I mean, and those guys aren't known for being physical players. Maybe you so have who to, is I it going to be? You got to throw more minutes to Jonathan Kaminga because he's more athletic? He's maybe. probably the, the more athletic, the more physical guy. And, yeah, and maybe. maybe you can point toward Andrew Wiggins playing more of a factor. But I thought, I thought Wiggins was good defensively last night. He was. I didn't think Wiggins played a bad game. It's just when you have Draymond Green, who's such a centerpiece for what they do defensively, playing so poorly, and then being a net negative on the offensive end, it's almost as if Golden State is playing four on five on both ends of the court. And that's not something we're accustomed to seeing. He's a liability on offense because he won't shoot the basketball. But then last night he was a liability on defense. So what was the value in Draymond Green being in the game? And there wasn't much. Tell me. There There was more value in him doing the podcast last night at 3 a.m. than it was him being in the game last night. Which, by the way, on his podcast, he said he will continue to do the podcast after every game. Yeah, because that's a great idea with your team being down (laughs) 2-1 in the NBA Finals. That's a brilliant idea, Draymond. No, it's not a a distraction Podcast has no effect on how I play. Really? It doesn't? The podcast isn't a distraction if you don't say stupid things on it. That's when it becomes a distraction. Preferential treatment by the refs, and he fouls out in the next game. So, Coincidence? Is Draymond the reason that the Warriors lost last night, or was he being scapegoated for it? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Load up the lunch. Had some awesome calls from you last hour. Want to hear more from you on this. What makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination? Because they offer free battery testing and charging, and reliable replacement batteries starting at just $79.99. And they've always got your battery solution. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Hey, guess what? Chris is a Lakers fan. Russell Westbrook had some interesting things to say, and there was a veiled shot at LeBron. Mm. We will get to that in just moments. Canty and Carlin for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Greeny, the podcast. 
Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. On the phones, a question has been posed. Was Draymond the reason that the Warriors lost Game 3, or is he being scapegoated? Let's hit up Roy next on the telephone lines on ESPN Radio. Roy, what do you got? Okay, I'm asking your question real quick. No, Draymond wasn't, wasn't the reason. The other guys didn't step up. Seth got hurt. Like I say, there was no iron team. Uh, Draymond can't do it by himself. You need at least three guys to help out. But my question to you is, do you think that the uh, Scott had anything to do with the different turnout of the game? And then, who's the guy getting married in two months? You tell him, I said, he should have let that lady get a money order in front of him because that's why she went off. She, 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 did get, she, get, she did get the money order in front of me. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> okay, I was just making sure because I, I didn't know if you let her go in front of you or not. Which I didn't let her. She went in front of me, even though I was told by the workers at the post office I was supposed to be next. But that was that was that was when the listen, lady went postal in the post I, I office. Gotta, I gotta say something. And, and listen, Roy, thanks for the call. You, you didn't want that smoke. I didn't. I didn't. I, I was I was scared. I was nervous. I was nervous. And that's you not want, e- and that's not easy for a six eight three hundred and forty pound man to get. Nervous I was gonna like say that. like, look, I know you went up against some nasty offensive linemen. 60-year-old woman in a post office in New York City. Wanting a money order that she had to have for tomorrow? Nope. Yeah, I, I didn't want any parts of that. No, take a pass no on that. that. I don't think the game was played any differently by the Warriors other than Draymond being ineffective because of Scott Foster. But here's the thing, though. He's talking about Draymond can't do it by himself. Well, Draymond didn't do anything. And yeah. there were three guys on the team that combined for 74 points. When we Those talk- guys, Wiggins, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, they made contributions to the team last and night. And when Steph got hurt, the horse was out of the barn. Yeah, but tell me, what did Draymond yeah. do to help his team last night? Nothing. nothing. He did nothing. Nothing. Carlin, Draymond Green scored two more points than you and I, and he played over 34 minutes. He had more fouls than points and assists combined. Come on, man. For 30 million bucks, you're a future Hall of Famer, and that's what they get? Yet you don't want to put any blame on Draymond. You're saying he can't do it by himself. Yeah, he can't do it by himself, but he should be able to do something, and we got nothing for him. So for all the big talk after game two and all the stuff on his podcast, he goes out there and he lays an egg. So last night I'm watching NBA Countdown, and Greeny brings in Woj from on the court Mm -hmm. for some insight on Russell Westbrook because Woj spoke to Russell Westbrook yesterday 
to kind of feel him out about the Darvin Ham hiring and everything. Here is Woj filling us in on that conversation. Russell Westbrook really expressed tremendous enthusiasm for the Darvin Ham hire, really has started to connect with him on a human level. He said he really admires his path to becoming a head coach and his real, you know, his no nonsense approach, results oriented. Those are all things Russell Westbrook said he really identified with. And one thing he really loved hearing from uh, Darvin Ham so far, the idea that not only is he going to hold Russell Westbrook accountable as they move forward, but he's going to hold the entire team accountable. Mm. That's interesting. Going to hold not just Russell Westbrook accountable, but the entire team accountable. That is some coded language from Russ that's taken a shot at LeBron and whether or not LeBron was ever actually held accountable. Can I read that any other way than that? No, there's no other way to read it, but here's where Russell Westbrook is off just a little bit. LeBron James helped the Lakers win a title three years ago. Yes, he did. W- what has Russell Westbrook done for the Lakers? Not very and much. And when's the last time Russell Westbrook won a title? Uh, never. February, exactly. Yeah. So I- I'm going to need Russell Westbrook to chill out when it comes to accountability. Russell Westbrook has to find a way to coexist with LeBron James on the court at the same time because LeBron James and AD were the ones that were caping for him to be able to come over from Washington and play with them in his hometown and have a chance to be able to compete for a ring. I still really would kill to be a fly on the wall in the room of that discussion between the three of them, LeBron, AD, and Russell Westbrook, and how LeBron and AD came out of that and thought, you know what, that's our guy. That's where we got to go to get closer to winning a championship this coming year when you know the entirety of Russell Westbrook's history. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that, especially when you get the reports from Magic Johnson and others that DeMar DeRozan to the Los Angeles Lakers was essentially a done deal until AD and LeBron vetoed that. Mm. Think about if the Lakers would have had DeMar DeRozan, who was a top five scorer this year. He was tremendous this Versus year having Wolves. a guy like Russell Westbrook. And here's the reason why DeRozan probably would have made a little more sense. At least DeRozan can hit a jump shot. Has there ever been a future? Uh, LeBron James-led teams, yeah. you always have to have shooting surrounding LeBron James to space the floor. Exactly. It's a better fit for what the Lakers needed in order to keep them competing with the better teams in the conference. And the fact that they didn't have that and Russell Westbrook was – essentially a net negative this year. It's funny that I was going to use those exact words. No, that's exactly what he was. They were calling him West Brick at the crypto. That's how bad he was on the court. So I I just, I don't know how they moved this thing forward. I know LeBron James was frustrated at the Lakers brass at the trade deadline because they didn't attach that 2027 first round pick in order to move Russ and try to bring back a piece that could help him. Dude, you brought him here. But he's the one that brought him here, and now he's got to sit in that. He made the bed, now he's got to lay in it. And ultimately, I think it's going to result in LeBron not being able to take advantage of the twilight years of his career. When you think about future Hall of Fame players like Russell Westbrook, the all-time leader in triple-doubles, can you honestly think about another future Hall of Famer that not just this year, Chris, I think – has spent a lot of time in his career for his team in terms of winning being a net negative. It's not just this season. It has happened many times before in his career. I can't think of a Hall of Famer that I would ever describe as that. We all know Russ is a 
absolutely a Hall of Famer Yeah, with all of the numbers that he has put up. No, he's a Hall of Famer, but in terms of impacting his team, winning in a positive way, it, it's hard to point to it. Even going back to those OKC days when he had James Harden and Kevin Durant, if you can't figure out a way to make it work with two other MVPs, now, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. It's just like Russ doesn't play nice in the sandbox. And then hearing Darvin Ham talk about how excited he is to work with Russ, and then the first thing he leads with is how much he needs Russ to be a dog on the defensive end and get back to that. Answer this question for me, Carlin. When was Russell Westbrook ever a dog on the defensive end of the court? Let me see. Uh, no, never, ever. No. So never. if that's what the yeah. new head coach is saying and that's what he's leading with – in a roundabout way, he's giving you his opinion on what he thinks Russell Westbrook's contribution to the team is going to be this upcoming season, which ain't great. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to tell Russ, yeah, you'll be a nice little role player. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to lean on you to be a dog defensively. We're, we're going to get you the ball. We're going to get you the ball in some different spots on the court. All and, right, as in maybe like you know, out in the concourse. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. When you're bringing in the racquetballs or something like that, because honestly. I don't think if you're actually talking about Russ being a defensive stopper, Russ will not be on the Los Angeles Lakers after the trade deadline. I don't, I don't know if they move him this summer, yeah. I, but he's not going to finish next season with the Lakers. Well, at, at least happen. at some point, and whether it's whether or not it's now, at some point soon, his contract will be attractive. Because, it's a, it's valuable. It's an yes. expiring contract, and no nobody wants to pay Russell Westbrook forty seven million dollars next year. But if we're talking about half of that salary being gone, are you willing to pay twenty million bucks and give up an asset for an expiring contract? Mm-hmm. Possibly, yeah, maybe Possibly. so. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. Up next, more of your calls at eight 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 say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Was Draymond Green the reason that the Warriors lost to the Celtics last night, or is he being scapegoated? And boy. You talk about some misguided comments. We've got, we've got a doozy that's coming your way in just moments. Canty and Carlin for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Here's a little tough to take from Clay Thompson complaining about the fans in Boston using too many four-letter words and being rough. Listen to Clay last night after the game. It was not a factor. We played in front of rude people before, dropping F-bombs with children in the crowd. Real classy. Good job, Boston. I mean, come on. Listen, if you expected somewhat differently, 
I mean, we're, we're, you're not new. You're not new to this, and it's going to happen, especially in a place like Boston. And now all you have done is ensure they are going to be much, much rougher on you. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Chris, I just don't understand what's to be gained by Clay postgame complaining about it. Yeah, it's trivial. I mean, even if somebody asks you the question, there's no reason to go into this 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 monologue or diatribe about what the Boston fans are being rude and, and them cursing with kids in the, in the crowd, that makes no difference. That has no bearing on what's happening with the complexion of this series. So why even waste your breath? Why even waste any energy talking about that? Talk about how we need to be better on the defensive end. Talk about how we need to make sure that we can do more in the fourth quarter. Talk about how you and Steph were one of seven in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Not, 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 just, just let's talk about that. Let's talk about that, how you guys need to step up in clutch time, in clutch time, how you need to be more of a catalyst for your team and what you're doing when it matters the most. Why are we spending time talking about how rude the fans are in Boston? And, Carlin, help me out with this one. Mm -hmm. Isn't the behavior from the Boston fans par for the course? Yeah. I mean, not, not just in any NBA arena, but in any sports venue, period. Absolutely. If, you, if you're the visiting team, you're going to be called everything but a child of God. Yes. They're going to curse at you. They're going to say all of these different things. Now, we've both agreed that you cross the line when you start using racially charged language yes, and, and, absolutely. And, and that type of stuff. But in, in terms of the four-letter words and all of the things that are associated with that, that, that's what's going to happen. I played over a decade in the National Football League. That's what happens when you go out to the link in Lincoln Financial to play against the Philadelphia Eagles. Guess what they're going to call you? <laughs> That, that, the same stuff that the Boston Celtics fans called Draymond and the Golden State Warriors. So to me, this, this thing about all oh, the fans are being rude and, and we've got you know, to tone down the language for the children, oh, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's not going to happen. No, it's not. And it's even better when Draymond goes out there post-game with his child with him. Draymond, how do you, how do you feel you played? You know? Like, <laughs> 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 But you got to listen to Clay Thompson, Dre. It's about the kids. You can't be using four-letter words around the kids. Is it anyone going to think of the children? Some pretty dumb comments. We'll get to those in just a moment. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny coming to you live from above the Heineken River deck at Pier 17. Before I do, I got I to gotta ask you more of a personal question here, and, and this is just in relation to me. Now, I am certainly someone that throughout my entire life has struggled with weight. I've always been a bigger guy. And really? I am really stunning. I know. <laughs> I am obviously at this time where it is not going to get any easier to try to get myself healthier. And I've been trying the last couple of weeks to do just that. So yesterday, I am walking into the seaport to do the show. Mm -hmm. And there is uh, across the street, uh, some guys who listen to the show who uh, run a, a boxing-like gym yes. where a lot of people go in the morning to go work out. Yes. And we know that boxing is a huge, very popular thing now in terms of working out and getting your cardio in. And he says to me, listen, anytime you want to come in here and throw some ones and twos, I'm, here, I'm your guy. We'll shut it down. We will shut this place down for you. Oh, so you want to go in there and show them them hands still work, huh? Now, listen, I can drop a two-piece with a biscuit, Ooh. okay? But I, I, all I'm going to say is this. I have this fear because I know me, and I know what my 
every day I continue to get surprised by what the current endurance level is and how rapidly it is dropping in my life. Yeah, yeah. But, Chris, I have to imagine if I go in there and I'm trying to get into, like, boxing and, and make that be my cardio, and don't get me wrong, it's an incredibly attractive offer. Okay. I'm going to be done in about in less than four minutes. Like, I am going to look like Keyshawn after two possessions in the basketball <laughs> game. I mean, Nuno, tell me I'm wrong here. I mean, Keyshawn had his hands on his hips. And, you know, I, that is going to be me. By the time, like, I'm going to get winded from you taping me up. Let yeah. alone me actually getting in there and throwing some punches. I have to believe that that's not going to be in a... It, I'm looking for the most effective ways for me to get my cardio in. That doesn't feel like a realistic one. No, see, the trick about getting your cardio in is wrapping it around something that you actually enjoy doing or something that's, so not, getting as, it in, getting something it in that's not as painful as going on a three-mile jog. So doing my cardio in and around having a pizza. No, doing your cardio. something do, I enjoy no, doing. No, but doing your cardio in and around boxing. Or you like to play golf. How about you don't use the cart and walk the course? Well, let's Didn't you say? Here. Wait a minute. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, I know he need, Carlin needs to walk the course, but you are suggesting that. Didn't you say recently you don't play golf unless you're on a, uh, using a cart? No, you're absolutely right, Nuno. But we're talking about Carlin. We're not talking about me. <laughs> I'm trying to come out. I, I've got the. I've got my secret sauce for how I get my cardio in. I'm just saying. I'm trying to help out my teammate. But I'm not going to enjoy golf then if I'm doing that. Because but again, you are going to get your steps in. But, but, but Chris. So, uh, listen, you can't have the it both ways. Hole now. Are, are, are you going to go jogging? Are you going to ride the bike? Are you going to do the boxing? If you're not going to do those things, then walking on the golf course during your round might not be the worst way to get your cardio in. But, but I actually, by the 13th hole with the cart, the endurance starts to fade. <laughs> they played the game in the last maybe four only five play, holes. But maybe only play nine. Walk and just play nine there that day. There you go. But, there you yeah, go. listen, they're not going to set you up in a uh, in a 12-round match. Like, they will take it slow with you. They're trying to help you. No, I, I know that, but I just have a feeling like the first time I throw a couple of punches, which, by the way, I, I have I, I got in nine fights my freshman year of high school. Nine. Nine fights. Nine. It was uh, it's a Catholic high Did school. Did you start all... the fights, or were you the mm. guy that was being bullied? No, I was the guy being bullied. You were the that's, guy that was That's being why bullied? I would have been. And but you even... didn't back down, though. But, that's but impressive. I, and I wouldn't even say bullied at the time. I would have said I was the guy that was being targeted to, to really, you know, just with fat jokes and all that stuff. And I, I was going to all-boys Catholic high school. So who threw the first punch? Most In of... most instances, who threw the first punch? Uh... I would say about half-half. Half-half, okay. Yeah, but it was more about I was triggered at the time. <laughs> I was do, triggered. Do you remember that one time you threw that first punch and you, I, I want to say lay out someone because I don't know if you actually did that, but no. like you got Jimmy really good or something. Do you remember that one time? I do remember one time, yeah. I got one kid really good. See, Carlin, I don't remember that one time, the first time I knocked a kid out, but I do remember the first time where I punched a guy with all I had and he ate it and smiled. That is an absolute scary <laughs> feeling. <laughs> that, that is one of those instances where you're like, uh -oh. we, we got a problem. Houston, we have a problem. I mean, when you do that, was it the legendary Tiny Lister? Who was it? <laughs> no, there's some kid in my high school. I, I, listen, this was one of the scariest all-time moments in my life. Because, I mean, you're, you're sitting there about to get into a fight, and you're thinking to yourself, well, if it's going down, 
I'm going to throw the first punch. Right. I don't want to get hit first. I'm going to I'm going right. to be proactive about this deal. So I try to get the first punch, and I'm like, listen, I'm going to hit this guy with a barrage and hit him with the one, thinking that you know th- there's a lot behind this thing. And he just took the punch, and I was like, yeah, this is probably not going to go well for me. Now, thank goodness I had some partners around me that were able to rally and kind of yeah. grab both of us, but that could have got real ugly, big fella. Yeah, there was nobody in my corner. and I, I, I He said there was I, nobody in my corner. Did you not have any friends? No, I mean, it was – You went to school, you had nobody – No, you had I had no friends. Fr- it was Carlin versus everybody no, at Catholic school. It was – It was again, it was, it was freshman year. And, dude, you got to understand, like, you got to wear a jacket and tie every day. It's hot outside. It was like Lord of the Flies that year. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. That's and, not good. You know, and I, I don't think I've got I've, – I've had one little skirmish in college, but other than that, I've never had one since. Uh-huh. But it was just me trying to stand up for myself. Gotcha. And still losing fights. Yeah. <laughs> but you're used to boxing, so this is going to be something that you're thinking about incorporating into your cardio. I think you should give it a go. Guys are fans of the show. They're going to get you into it. It's going to well, be some all, great. It's listen, going to be some great stories for I, us. I'll say, let's call it what it is, okay? I mean, you're going to look like Butterbean out there trying to box. Yeah, exactly. Wow. I, I'll, wow. I, I should get the red, white, and blue shorts. No doubt. No <laughs> doubt. <laughs> Apollo <laughs> Creed ain't got nothing on you. Let, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, well, make it a is, uh, show thing. It's a content. It's absolutely content. Yes. And we got to get we got to get it taped, and we got to get all that stuff. No doubt. I'm about willing it. to do it. And I mean, listen, shot, if I we spend all a... that time and effort on that horrendous two-on-two, like, this would be much more entertaining. <laughs> Come on. I, I mean, this would be a lot more entertaining than that. Oh, my God. Carlin sparring. I, I like I would, it. I guarantee you this. I would have a better strategy than, than Barton Hahn did of letting Jay shoot. Oh, of course you would. <laughs> of course you would. Well, all right. We'll kick it around. Maybe we can put something together there. There you go. Carlin with the rope dope you just hope that you're the one on the rope and not the dope. Yeah, I was going to say, there'll be a whole lot more dope to it than me hitting the ropes. Because then when I hit the ropes, I'm going to go flipping over them. It's Kenzie and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. What is Jack Del Rio doing? Somehow, Speaking yes- of dopes. Yeah. Yesterday at a, at a press conference, he's just, as the commander's defensive coordinator, is talking and... He has said some questionable things before, Mm -hmm. but this one really took the cake. I think we all as Americans have the right to express ourselves, especially if you're being respectful. I'm being respectful. I just asked a simple question, really. Did I? Let's get right down to it. What did I ask? A simple question. Why are we not looking into those things? If we're going to talk about it, why are we not looking into those things? Because it's kind of hard for me to say I can realistically look at it I see the images on TV. People's livelihoods are being destroyed. Businesses are being burned down. No problem. And then we have a dust up at the Capitol. Well, there's nothing burned down. And we're not going to talk about We're going to make that a major deal. I just think it's kind of two standards. And if we apply the same standard and we're going to be reasonable with each other, let's have a discussion. That's all it was. So... That's disgusting. Yeah. It's disgusting to listen to Jack Del Rio say that. For those who are unclear, he was referencing the discussions around the uh, riots and things that happened after George Floyd and all the protests that were around that. And then in relation to January 6th, which he called a dust-up. And the the hearings that are happening on the Hill this week. Right. And people who perished, who died that day. Yeah, the Capitol Police officers. Defending the Capitol. Capitol Police officers. Yes. 
Absolutely. So, so as much as we want to honor our, our servicemen and women and our first responders and our police officers, the people in our society that, we, that keep us safe, he referred to the insurrection that was led by domestic terrorists as a dust-up while Congress is trying to certify an election that stood up to every court challenge that was out there. Listen. And he's drawing, he's drawing that comparison or that equivalent or equating that to the outrage that black and brown communities had in the wake of what happened with George Floyd, an unarmed black man that was handcuffed by police and was killed by Derek Chauvin, a police officer that was kneeling on his neck for over eight minutes. Yeah, because those two things are the same, Carlin. We're going to try to equate that. That's the part that I don't understand. He refers to the riot at the Capitol where police officers lost their lives to the outrage and the riots that happened in the wake of George Floyd. How about Jack Del Rio? How about you have a little more empathy? You do realize that you're a coach in the National Football League, right? You do realize that the National Football League is made up of over 70% black players. So a lot of the guys that you built your livelihood on are guys that have people in those communities that are potentially affected by how we're treated in this country, how black and brown people are marginalized. And a lot of that has to do with what's happening with law enforcement. I don't understand how Jack Del Rio can draw that kind of comparison or try to make that type of parallel as if those two things are the same. Because they're not. And that's the part where I think it's outrageous, it's outlandish, more people in the media, more players in the National Football League need to be talking about this, and there has to be some form of discipline or accountability for this because it's absolutely ridiculous and it's completely insensitive to the plight of black and brown communities. Here's what Del Rio tweeted after the fact. Shockingly, a sort of apology. I made comments earlier today in referencing the attack that took place on the United States Capitol. I called it an attack here. The attack that took place on the United States Capitol January 6, 2021, referencing that situation as a dust-up was irresponsible and negligent, and I am sorry. I stand by my comments condemning violence in communities across the country. I say that while also expressing my support as an American citizen for peaceful protest in our country, I have fully supported peaceful protests in America. I love, respect, and support all my fellow coaches, players, and staff that I work with and respect their views and opinions. Carlin, let's have a little more outrage for loss of life. Yeah. Whether we're talking about unarmed citizens at the hands of police or we're talking about armed domestic terrorists who are killing Capitol Police officers. Let's talk about that. How about we have more compassion for the loss of life than when we're talking about buildings and businesses? I'm not sitting here condoning what we saw with the riots in the wake of George Floyd. But we got to understand where that outrage came from. It came from watching what happened with George Floyd. It came from watching what happened with Tamir Rice. It came from watching what happened with Terrence Crutcher. It came from watching what happened to Walter Scott. The list goes, Eric Gardner, the list goes on and on and on. At some point, something about it has to change. But what does Jack Del Rio choose to focus on? Oh, I want us to keep that same energy for what happened with the dust up at, at the Capitol with what's going on in the wake of, of the riots with George Floyd. I, it's ridiculous, Carlin. 
Think about how ridiculous that is. It's, it's no compassion, no empathy for an entire community that has been marginalized in this country for centuries. And these are the people that you're leaning on for your livelihood. I just wonder where the accountability uh, is. It, because it's, this is, it's, it's one thing, and I wouldn't even defend it then. It's one thing when you make a dumb comment once. But he talks about just, I've always defended the peace, right for peaceful process. Actually, that's not true. And you were quoted in 2016 about Colin Kaepernick and how it's not appropriate. That was peaceful Yeah, exactly. Protest. So Colin Kaepernick, peaceful protest, that wasn't good for you. But, what all, but the riots weren't good for you either. Yeah. It, so, it, I mean, so how, how, how should black and brown communities protest police brutality? How, how should we do it? According to Jack Del Rio. Answer that for me. Chris, I do have to wonder at some point, and trust me, we get into the whole discussions about cancel culture and all that stuff. This is just stupid and ignorant and not the first time he has said something like this. And did I miss something? And I hate to put it this way, but what happens when you are a great player and you do something stupid? Well, generally you get excused and you get another opportunity and you have to make up for it. Sure. But you're great in terms of your talent and all that. Why is Jack Del Rio worth the headache for anyone as a defensive he's, coordinator? He's an, assistant, that is, he's an assistant coach with the Washington Commanders. Never had any real success as a head coach. And, and he's created this distract, distraction. And now multiple he's, times. No question about it. But then also, Carlin, there comes the question of how his players are going to respond to it. And the fact that it's even a question means that it's something that, that's completely unnecessary. It means that it's something that could be detrimental to what your football team is trying to get accomplished in OTAs and minicamp and what you're trying to do this upcoming season. We've got just under a minute left. Just the players, how are they responding here? You touched on it briefly. How oh, they're, they not t- they're not going to take this well. Yeah, They're not going to take this well. Now, I've heard people say that players have an incredible ability to compartmentalize, and there's certainly disagreements in the locker room when it comes to social issues. But here's the one thing as a player that you need from your coaches. I need to be able to trust that you've got my back and that you're going to put me in positions to have success and that you're thinking of me as well as my teammates when it comes to what we're trying to get accomplished this season. I don't know how players can have full trust and confidence in Jack Del Rio having their back. And that's a big problem if you're Ron Rivera and the Washington Commanders going into the season. And that's why you have to wonder... Is Jack Del Rio even worth it at this point? Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network.